Hi, I'm KJ and welcome to my podcast, Not A Life Coach. This podcast is a framework of questions I use to get me thinking through specific topics to discover things about myself and to become aware of certain behaviours and perspectives that affect my life and do not serve me. This enables me to understand myself better, my behaviours, my beliefs and where these things may have started from or come from and how they affect me. Awareness leads to acceptance and then action to make change. This is an account of my process of working through this to be a better and healthier person which results in a healthier and more fulfilling life. This is a share of just some of my experiences and realisations. From working a conscious programme, I have witnessed time and time again that the sharing of experience is a powerful way to help people, rather than advising them on what they should do. If you're following along and thinking over some of these questions and ideas, please remember these topics can be surprising and bring up long forgotten and painful feelings. When this happens, we just need to take care of ourselves, whatever self-care looks like for you. Take what you like and leave the rest and we'll see how this goes. This episode is on control. Control is defined as the power to influence or direct people's behaviour or the course of events or determine the behaviour or supervise the running of. I think control is very much related to power relations, of which are always present between two or more human beings, and these power relations dramatically affect our psychological well-being. Control is another subject dear to my heart, and one of my biggest struggles that made life unmanageable for me. I still openly admit I am a control freak, but I no longer say this with pride, thinking it's a good way to be. By exploring this topic, I'm able to see how it affects my behaviours and choices and ultimately leaves me feeling stressed and anxious, which makes me not a very nice person to be around and utterly miserable. As I learn to let go of the things I can't control, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders and I'm able to live with a much clearer perspective on life, feeling considerably less stressed and proud of my behaviour. The first section is entitled Family Control and the first questions ask who was in charge in my home when I was growing up and how did those in charge control me and was that control helpful or harmful? This got me to really think through the complex dynamics that are all intertwined in family life. As families change, grow and merge, the power dynamics change dramatically I took some time to really think through the many examples of who had control in my home as a child and how they controlled. I wrote them all down and reflected on the context of each example, which gives better clarity, and I made sure to focus on the positives as well as the negatives. When I was done, I could clearly see patterns emerging, like where a lot of my strong female and feminist influences came from, but also where my need to control started. Growing up, I was the second eldest of four children. There's a large age gap between me and my two younger sisters. This meant I was very involved with helping my mum when they were small, which taught me so many very helpful life skills. 
The experience of taking care of young babies and children earned me a fortune as a babysitter when I was a teenager. And as a young adult, I felt very confident I knew best when it came to household chores and especially raising children, and I was very opinionated about it. I was also bossy, especially to my younger siblings, who I continued to mother for a really long time, well into their adulthood, manipulating and controlling them in subtle ways to keep them safe and out of any trouble that was perceived by me. Of course, I later had my own children and learned very quickly I do not know it all and it's not possible to know it all. I also know if I met the young version of myself today, I'd have a lot to say to her. But this scenario begins to paint a picture of the building blocks as to how and why I wanted to take control. Breaking this down and many other bits of information from my early life, clearly writing them all down, made me begin to notice patterns and examine my motives with greater clarity and compassion. The next question, who exercises control in my home now and how? Well, this was easy to answer, me. (laughs) I set the rules with my kids. I decide where things live in the house, what we eat, when we sleep. I dictate the plans. In fact, the more I worked on writing a list of how I take control in my home now, the more I became aware of my controlling behaviours in everyday life. My partner actually thanked me the other day for not freaking out when they used my cooking tongs for a barbecue. And I suddenly saw his point. I love baking, so the kitchen is mine, and I don't like people messing with my organisation or utensils, as I use different ones for different things. I just never stop to reflect on how this actually affects the people around me. Since the first time I went through this topic, I am now much more able to see how my behaviour is affecting others. I've learnt to consciously check my motives and try to define what is and is not within my control. I am definitely not perfect. But I know if I can work on it and be aware of my behaviour, the more I can concentrate on controlling just that, my behaviour. The next question followed this nicely with, who are the important people in my life today and what aspects of their lives do I try to control? I thought through all the people closest to me, which immediately made me feel a lot of gratitude. Nowadays, I enjoy healthy relationships with people around me thanks to the programme I've been working. I sincerely believe a major part of having this blessing is because I became aware of my tendency for controlling behaviours and took action. I used to invest a lot of time and energy in helping others while ignoring my own issues. I love doing it for exactly that reason. I can recall so many instances where I've given my opinion when it was not asked for or wanted, or I'd find a way, particularly through sarcasm, to get my opinion across, which was manipulative. I've become overly involved in other people's lives and taken charge, with disastrous consequences to the relationship, leaving feelings of resentment with a hint of underlying guilt. I began to realise so many of the times I think I'm helping but I was actually hindering people. The only person I truly have control over and the only person I am truly responsible for is myself. I do have to control aspects of my children's lives, such as their school, health, well-being, attitudes, opinions, behaviour, etc, etc. I've certainly learned to give my kids control over as many things as possible, 
But as a parent, there are still lines I have to draw and it's a really difficult task. I can only control their experiences when they are with me. And if I keep focus on doing the best job of doing just that, then I stay out of things that are not my business and keep my serenity, which in turn makes me a better parent. It's an extremely fine line though, and there are tough decisions on a constant basis. So I always try to remember the slogan, how important is it? This reminds me to choose my battles wisely and keep things in perspective. At work, when certain decisions need to be made, I have to take control and can sometimes make enemies doing so. By beginning to learn what I can and can't control, I'm starting to see that when I'm feeling responsible for someone else's behaviour, I'm actually insinuating that they are unable to do something better than me, which makes me seem egotistical. When I stay aware of how I'm feeling and mentally question my own decisions, I can be clear and transparent and avoid misunderstandings. The second section is attempting control. The first question asked, how do I try to control the emotional, financial and physical lives of my loved ones? By this point, I'd already started to create a list. I started to examine these aspects and how I take control of them with my loved ones. I thought of how much I nag my kids and actually all the ones I love because I want them to do well. Again, I have to control the emotional, financial and physical lives of my children. But then I started to think over the times that I've got overly involved in friends and families' lives that wasn't my business. I've given advice to help people to feel better and it's turned out to be the wrong advice. I've lent money and paid fines for people and enabled more bad financial decisions. I've been overly critical to the ones I love, for example, telling them they're not doing enough exercise whilst completely ignoring the fact that I myself do not do any exercise. I've controlled in good and bad ways, but the underlying principle still remains. If I get too involved in other people's lives, I lose focus on mine. The final question in this section asked, what are some of the things I do for others that they could do for themselves? Nowadays, not so much. I have learned time and time again that the more I do for others, the more resentment I build up when I feel unappreciated. I'm now very careful to keep in check with myself and my motives to ensure that I do not do anything for someone with any kind of expectation of getting something in return. The third section is expressing control. And the first question asks, how do I respond when things do not go as I would like them to go? Well, this was easy to answer. Not well at all. I put crippling pressure on myself. I absolutely paralyse myself with my own concepts of perfection. If I'm going to do something, I always want to do it absolutely perfectly first time. A few years ago, this was most apparent at work. If things didn't go to plan or I wasn't hitting a target or important deadline, I'd get so stressed out that I'd either get really angry and spout negativity or I'd cry. Either way, I'd completely lose control of myself. I have several excruciatingly embarrassing work memories when the stress has become too much to bear and I've completely broken down and I shudder to think of what some of my co-workers used to think of me. In my home life, I suffer unbearable anxiety 
particularly if my plans are not working out. I feel so much overwhelming responsibility. I can either completely shut down and become numb and just can't process anything or be totally full of anxious energy that I don't know what to do with. At one of the most difficult and stressful times of my life, I got so stressed that I got very sick and this has left lasting damage to my body. It was this that taught me the damage I was doing to my physical self and something needed to change. Nowadays, I take a breath and think through what I'm feeling and reach out to a friend for help. I try to remember how small and insignificant I am in this huge complex rock spinning in space that we call home. I am a big believer in what's meant to be will be. Everything happens for bizarre and strange reasons. But there are a lot of times I can think back to when in hindsight, which is always a wonderful thing, I've realised it was very lucky things didn't go as I wanted them to. Learning to surrender my feelings of wanting to control something and live with fear and uncertainty involves trusting things will work out okay in the end. Having faith has been the biggest thing that has evoked change in my life. The next question was, how do I respond when the people in my life behave in a way I believe is harmful to them? Well, I definitely get angry, anxious and worried. But I used to believe that I knew best and it was my place to tell people when they're doing something harmful or wrong and persuade them to stop. And I'd often use any means I could to ensure this. But again, I had to realise people need to learn their own lessons their own way. I don't know everything and I am definitely not God. People are ready for help and guidance when they are ready and importantly, when they ask for it. Nowadays, I think through what I can and cannot control and the difference between supporting someone and taking control. I make sure to always ask myself, have I been asked for help? And remember, I need to allow others their own opportunities to learn. Sometimes it is right to make the wrong decisions. The next question is, how do I use other people to try and get what I want? Well, I struggle to answer this one. I can think of times where I've created teams and motivated people for a cause or a project, but I think bringing people together is a wonderful thing. Instead of using people, I try to communicate my ideas through effective communication and collaboration with empathy and understanding. If someone doesn't agree, I can negotiate while respecting boundaries and being empathetic to somebody else's position. I can also give my opinions and be respectful if they're ignored. If I try to push through and demand everything is done my way, it puts a lot of crippling pressure on me. The last question in this section is, how do I respond when someone tries to control me? I knew this beauty would pop up somewhere. I absolutely hate being controlled. I am very oversensitive to it and this is something I really struggle with. I do not like being told what to do and I will fight against it. I thought of times where I'd been micromanaged at work, often by people who didn't even know what my job was. That would make me so mad and I'd build up resentments and get really annoyed and wound up and just think about it all the time resulting in me engaging in rude, dismissive behaviour that I'd later be ashamed of. I hate being bossed around, despite the fact that I can be very bossy. 
I react to controlling people by trying to be controlling myself. When I started to begin to realise another person's behaviour is not about me, it's absolutely nothing to do with me. It's always about them and whatever is going on with them, things I cannot possibly fully comprehend. If I remember that, then I can remind myself to stop taking things so personally. This allows me to stay calm and have that greater clarity of what's happening there in that moment then I can communicate my boundaries respectfully and be in control of the one and only thing I can be, my thoughts and behaviour. Then I thought through times that I'm happy to be controlled, especially at work, and realised if I'm working with someone I respect, I'm more than happy to be guided and learn from them. If I trust that they understand my needs, I can trust them and get on board with their vision of how things need to be done and take commands with pride. I have many people in my life that I have great respect for and I'm always eager to learn from them and this makes me feel really good. By surrounding myself with people like this, I can then feel good more often than feeling annoyed at someone that's trying to control me. The last section is healthy interactions. The first question is, in what ways am I willing to be more flexible in relationships? Well, as I learn to stop taking things personally, life becomes a lot calmer. Then I can remember that everyone has a right of appeal. Everyone has a right to be heard and listened to, and we all have a right to set boundaries. We have these rights simply by being human. Once I really understood this, my behaviour changed drastically, and I'm more able to protect the rights of others and ensure my own are respected too then I feel so much calmer and certain of my own behaviour and decisions and that is a wonderful feeling. I also now recognise the importance of asking for help and support when I need it, especially having people I can call in times of need. When I actually do reach out and ask for help, I make that call, talk things through, crises are always eased significantly. Not only does this help me, but it also lets other people know that I'm here for them and then I have the chance to have the honour of someone calling me in their hour of need. I can also mind my own business, only give help or opinions when asked and I can have faith that things will always work out as they're meant to. I can understand that people see the world very differently to me and accept that they still have rights. I can be kind and always check my motives. The penultimate question asked, how do I show patience when I want someone to hurry up and do things my way? Well, this amused me as patience is definitely not a virtue I possess. But I have learned that if I stop talking and interrupting and actually listen, it does make a big difference. I struggle with this when I'm in a hurry, but all I can do for now is be willing to make that change and be aware when I do this. I can show compassion and understanding and overall try my best to be humble. The final question asks, in what ways do I offer acceptance and understanding during tense moments? The best slogan for this question is to let go and let God. It feels weird for me to say something like that because I'm not a religious person. 
But as I begin to understand and embrace spirituality, I can keep the focus on myself, monitoring my feelings and reactions. I can let go of what others did or didn't say or did or didn't do and crucially let go of my expectations and be accountable for my actions. Other people have their own experiences and that makes their different views and understandings. They have their own paths and protection and that is not my responsibility. This allows me to accept the limitations of others and myself and take action. I can avoid arguments and choose whether I want to be right or happy. The final section was to summarise my findings. Overall, I've learned perfection perpetuates dissatisfaction and low self-esteem. My controlling behaviour holds me to such high standards, things I would never expect of someone else. I just need to remember to keep it simple and take one day at a time. I have learned that as I let go of trying to be a people pleaser, let go of my expectations and take responsibility, I live much more harmoniously with myself and others. I can acknowledge my humanity and my shortcomings, including perfectionism, and be humble and accept my place in the universe. For me, the moral of this episode is my favourite slogan of all time, which is progress, not perfection. I love this so much because it encourages me to give myself credit and encapsulates all these ideas. It reminds me that control is an illusion as is power and if I can surrender these ideas I can create healthy relationships, cope with fear and uncertainty, be mindful in accepting and seek support. All of these things nourish my life and make the world a much nicer place to be. Thank you for listening and I hope this was useful for you. I must also credit the music by Les FM from Ukraine and my amazing team who have helped me to create this. If you found this podcast useful, please like and subscribe and join me in the next episode.